Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2007 film Spider-Man 3. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy! And they say that a Sandman will kill us. Oh, I didn't get any more than that, because I only thought that I should probably do a song about one second ago. He's not the Sandman from the comics by Neil Gaiman. No, no, he's not that little, the sad emo boy. That is the Sandman. Oh, the one that Metallica are referring to in Enter Sandman. <laughs> Yes, or um, and he's not fighting the Spider-Man, which is mentioned in The Cure's Lullaby, either. That mentions Spider-Man? Yeah, Spider-Man. The Spider-Man is having you for dinner tonight. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not Spider-Man, is it? I Robert Smith doesn't strike me as a big Marvel guy. <laughs> I assume that they're talking about some kind of horrifying Spider-Man. Yeah, a human um, spider. Who perhaps could fight the Sandman from Enter Sandman? You never know. Yeah, where where does that that um like that idea of a Sandman come from to do with time? Where does that come from? Uh, it comes from Marvel Comics and their character Sandman, the villain of Spider Man. Does it actually? No. <laughs> <laughs> there must I be some kind of know. myth. I don't know. There's yeah, the song. there's a Mister Sandman. Bring me some sand. Yeah, the 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 idea of a Sandman. Um, obviously, you've got like the person coming and sprinkling sand in your eyes whilst you sleep and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. That kind of that myth. I wonder what the origin of that is, or if it's like a myth that exists across cultures. I'm only just now realizing that it's something that's ingrained in me that, but I genuinely don't so, really know where it comes so from I, like you know about vampires and stuff vampires exist in a lot of different cultures you know and the idea of it is something that goes back a long time but it's a it's a thing that people think of isn't it yeah the sandman sprinkles dust in your eye whatever yeah so i think it's german if i remember correctly it's either german or scandinavian in origin um i can't remember which um but yeah basically this fellow who comes along and, and sprinkles sand in your eyes but it's a it's a powerful one, isn't it? I recently played this game, Time Spinner, which I spoke to you about, which was really really good. And um, it's about time travel, and the final boss is the Sandman because he gets annoyed at you for changing time too much, and then sucks you into this like dream world where you have to fight him. And at first he appears. Spoiler alert for the game Time Spinner, if any of you are ever going to play it. <laughs> Spoilers. But, like, it appears as like this kind of lion made of sand and then he turns into a sort of like nightmare skeleton chicken in his final form oh man i love cool. a nightmare skeleton chicken I'll, I'll find a screenshot to send to you but yeah dope game please play it if you enjoy metroidvanias platformers with backtracking which rob does not but yeah 
Yeah, that's the thing is I'm a fan of I'm a fan of like the original Castlevania games, the first three. Maybe the no, the first four, I'd say Super Castlevania's the same. But then when they start getting into the backtracking stuff is when I kind of lose interest. And it's the same reason that I've I love the the setting of Metroid games and I love the gameplay up to a point but then it always reaches the same point in the Metroid games where you're backtracking all the time and I'm just like I've seen this I don't want to see it again get me somewhere new I think Metroid is potentially worse for that actually yeah well I I think because Metroid really sort of used that template before Castlevania took it on I think over time they've been able to like hone the edges and make it less repetitive but yeah those I mean all Metroid games I get bored of um, as good as they are, I can recognise how great they are, but repetition and, and backtracking is not something I appreciate in video games. Yeah. Not story-based ones anyway. Like, I will play Toka Touring Cars for the entirety of my <laughs> well, life. You're just driving around a track literally the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when there's when there's a story element involved, when you feel like you there should be story progression and you're going and revisiting places, that's when I get bored. Yeah. As in Time Spinner, it's very good because uh, quite relatively early on in the game, you get the ability to time travel between different periods. So, and like to warp between places quite easily. So, you, there's not much tedious backtracking. You can usually just kind of warp to the bit you need to get to, do the thing you need to do, oh, and then that's come good. back. It's quite oh, well that's done. Good. I should play it at some point. I shouldn't let my prejudice get in the way of it. No. If you, if you play that and if you play Celeste, I promise you I will play Toka Touring Cars 2 for an hour. <laughs> I Celeste is on my next to playlist the moment I have a time when I don't have games to review, um, of which I currently have two games to review. That's moment. not too bad. Yeah, so I'm hoping that I can get through them quickly and then I can and play some Celeste because I've been meaning to play it forever. It is, yeah, top five games of all time for me. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, wow. What's hilarious, though, is that there's the main the main story is seven levels there's then the kind of eighth level which is quite it's it's pretty hard as it is it's like a really brutal precision platformer um and then there's like an extra level downloadable one after that and then there's b sides and c sides of every level after that as well so it's like it's just like extremely hard extra levels all the way down but the main story itself is enough to justify it being just like one of the greatest games of all time yeah, and th- and those like additional tricky levels. Sometimes I can really get into it when games do that, like um, Super Meat Boy, for instance. Yeah, that gets compared to Celeste a lot. Yeah, which I really loved Super Meat Boy, and that is fiendish as you get into the later stages. Okay, or, I think um, you'll you'll enjoy Celeste then. Or or V V V V V V is another one where there's some incredibly tricky platforming in that, um, which you just you just want to play those kind of games. You wanna you wanna get into that platforming. Oh, good. I think you'll really enjoy it then. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited to play it. Um, but there is no Celeste in this week's movie, which is Sadly Spider-Man not. 3. Spider-Man 3. Did they, they must have made some rubbish tie-in games, for, which is something we love to talk about, isn't it? For the these Spider-Man <laughs> games. I don't remember playing any, do you? No, well, um, they did make a good one of these games so spider-man 2 gets a lot of praise from people oh really yeah spider-man 2 um got really good reception from people um got scores in the 80s for the home console releases 
um, and um, was really, 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 really impressed people. Um, I'm not sure what the previous ones were like or the one for for this week's film because I'm sure that this week's film had one as well. Um, they wouldn't have missed but, um, an opportunity like that. No, no, and this was still in the era where they would make um, video games. Um, let's have a look. Spider the first Spider Man movie. Um, received slightly less impressive reviews, but still not bad in the seventies. Okay, pretty good. And Spider Man three, um, received scores in the sixties. So this one was not as good video games wise, but that's still not not awful. When you think a, about some of the stuff they churned out, yeah, when when that that's not awful for a, a video game tie into a movie. That's not that bad um in the grand scheme of things but yeah the second one was apparently really good lots of people enjoyed it oh i'll have um, to see if i can pick it up somewhere yes but of course the the greatest spider-man video game um not including the the recent ones which were actually good yeah <laughs> um, which i've heard are actually very good which are amazing i played them both and um yeah they're they're really really good and really get the tone of what spider-man should be um uh, incredibly well um was spider-man for the original playstation based on the 90s tv show the 90s cartoon um, that sounds great was awesome um i was a huge fan of that um and then there was also i had one when i was a kid on the nintendo on the nes spider-man return of the sinister six and it's bloody terrible but i loved it <laughs> I loved it because I loved Spider-Man when I was a, a, a tiny boy and I had a Spider-Man video game that I could play and even though it was rubbish and even though Spider-Man shot people and they exploded, which is not very Spider-Man. Spider-Man had a gun? <laughs> well, I think it was like his web shooter. Okay, right. But yeah. um, obviously it wouldn't just incapacitate anyone because that's not how games worked in the 90s. They couldn't show someone being webbed and then left there. So <laughs> they just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> um so you turn up and then you'd punch them or you'd web them and i remember it had it had six bosses it had the sinister six so it had um it had sandman so dr octo is one of those yeah dr octopus was the big boss okay. um, and then there's the chicken you had electro you had sandman you had vulture vulture that's the you one. had hobgoblin i think who is like poundland green goblin um <laughs> And uh, I think Mysterio was the last one. Okay, yeah. Um, and it was it was it was not a very good game, but I had fun with it. I enjoyed it when I was a, a, a stupid kid who didn't know any better. I'm looking at the screenshots. This doesn't look too bad. As it's quite bad as Nez goes. <laughs> not not up there with Chippendales Rescue Rangers, but it looks. It looks oh no! Right. Well, nothing competes to Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Um, it was released by LGN, which anyone who's a fan of old video games knows. Um, is a mark of notoriety. They 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 would publish any old crap on the original Nintendo if it had a license attached to it. <laughs> they would just be like, "Can we make money off it? Sure. Is it any good? Who cares?" Um, and yeah, so they they would dump out any old nonsense. And this is probably one of their better games, actually. To be fair, they released a load of old nonsense. Um, right. But yeah, it was yeah. But no, Spider Man: Return of the Sinister Six. Go and check it out if you're a fan of bad video games but when we, when we were kids good video games didn't exist yet so this was all we had you know 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, this game released in 1992. What did you have in 1992? There's probably like five good video games a year at yeah. most. I wasn't. Wasn't the SNES out by then though? So was that like the tail end of when they were yeah, still making stuff for the, the NES that was like had been in production, but like people were already had already moved on? Is it in that fall into that category? Yeah. So. I mean, because I think Super Castlevania Four is already out by then. Then, yeah, the NES hadn't been picked up as much in um, in the UK by that point, but it had already been out for a considerable amount of time. But uh, yeah, Super uh, Castlevania Four came out in ninety one. Right? Yeah, up, yeah, uptake of the um, of the Super Nintendo was generally quite low in in the UK anyway. Um, the Mega Drive completely rinsed it in terms of sales. That's the official terminology by yeah but by this point i think 1992 was the same year that sonic the hedgehog 2 came out which is actually one of the best games of that era like yeah. genuinely good and has the chemical plant zone as which, has which is the, the greatest music, music yeah. ever oh can't beat it um but i think street fighter 2 came out that year as well so this year you had street fighter 2 you had legend of zelda a link to the past you had sonic the hedgehog 2 so that's three good games in an entire year. That's very good. I mean, that's 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 not bad for the nineties. Yeah, we had we had the Mega Drive uh, or the Genesis, as it was called in the US, and I um I think we might have had a janky Spider-Man game on there, but I can't remember. I, I loved all the Sonic ones. Yeah, obviously. they had some janky Spider-Man games on the Mega Drive as well. Oh, Mortal Kombat was nineteen ninety two as well. So. Ah, right. Yeah, great year for fighting games. Yeah. Well, I'm very, very glad that Spider-Man has all of these incredible games. At some point, we should do a separate podcast where we try and play every Spider-Man game. Oh, there's so many as well. There are so many Spider-Man games, but I would very much be up for that. Yeah. Um, That sounds amazing. Um, But yes, no, uh, but this movie is not about video games. It's about Spider-Man. It is. It's the third one. So this is the last week of Spide-Temba. Spide-Temba, yeah. We've done Spider-Man, we've done Spider-Man 2, and now we're here to talk about Spider-Man 3, which came out in 2007. So that's a, it's a bit of a bigger gap between the films this time, isn't there? Yeah, it's a, it, and, and this movie does have a, a slightly different feel to it, doesn't it, than the previous two? Yeah, it's longer. It feels more sort of packed with stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, and there is some development stuff around this movie where if I told you that Venom wasn't initially going to be in it, you'd probably think, oh, that makes sense, given the movie we just watched and how bloated it felt. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a, there's already enough going on without Venom, but I like Venom in this, and I think he's actually really cool, and I actually thought he was more interesting than Sandman, who was just a big... A big beefy Sandy man. Although I liked how his story ended up, and that Spider Man ended up forgiving him for killing Uncle Ben. I liked that, but I was still I would have enjoyed more just like Spidey on Spidey or Spidey on Venom action. That's enough for me. Yeah, I think it's funny because I Sam Raimi's been very diplomatic about it, but it's pretty clear when you listen to anything about the making of this movie that he had to be persuaded to include Venom in this movie. Um, right, Where okay. he wanted more of the sort of classic villain stuff in there. Um, but I, th- I think they'd even thought about having Vulture in it as one of the one of the villains, and it was going to be Vulture and Sandman. 
I read that, yeah. And Ben Kingsley was supposed to play yes, Vulture. Yes, yeah. That would have been cool. And eventually, basically, um, because Venom is such a popular character, I think he was kind of told, look, this guy's great. He's a really popular character. We should put him in, i.e. you will put him in, is my kind of reading of the way that it's been discussed. Yeah. Um, which, to be honest with you, the movie does feel bloated. It does feel a little bit incohesive at times, but the Venom stuff is far more entertaining than the rest of it. Yes, yeah. um, definitely. Where Sandman's all a little bit po-faced, and although I'd say the the best-looking bits of the movie are Sandman-related. Yeah, the bits of him, him turning into sand and then suddenly becoming a massive golem apropos of nothing are all good because he falls into a thing that causes demoleculization, which is definitely a real, a real scientific thing. term that would definitely make that happen. Yeah, that's a, that's a definite real thing. Um, so I think, I mean, thematically, thematically Sandman and the return of Green Goblin fits in with the trilogy, where... But it was, Harry was so disappointing, wasn't it? It's like, <laughs> put on the mask, be the Green Goblin, don't just be like... Harry on a snowboard, a floating snowboard. He's, he's radical. He's radical snowboard goblin. Is what he is. Yeah, um, I I hate his <laughs> rads to the max. Harry Osborne. <laughs> I hate his hover snowboard. It's so stupid. Um, and really annoying. Yeah, he. It's really annoying. And because the movie's so bloated, his character feels underwhelming as a whole. Where you have the introduction, where you get Green Goblin on a snowboard, uh, they have a fight, and then. Um, eventually he goes away for like half the movie and then comes back at the end having had a a, a triumphant realisation that he should be a good guy and then gets killed <laughs> in the same way as his dad. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Um, I literally But then you, you feel down, like they almost added Venom so that the, there could be two villains so that just so that you could have that moment where he has to ask Harry for help. Because yeah. that's the kind of that's what they think is characterization. Well, actually, the characterization was really good in the first two, but in this one, it's in service to the kind of stuffing in all the Spider-Man stuff because that's what the studio wanted, isn't it? And that's kind of the beginning of the how the transition to today's Marvel, I guess, isn't it? Not that, as I said, I've seen loads or no loads about it, but I get the impression that that's the slightest hint of the kind of more fan servicey stuff that we have now. Yeah, and I think. This movie feels more bloated and nonsense than some of the Marvel movies, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think Marvel movies in general are better structured in terms of villain versus hero. Um, that doesn't necessarily make them less fan servicey, but it's it's more fan servicey in a cohesive way than this movie is. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a this movie certainly has more of the dedication to the fans than the previous two films there's a lot more nods to characters for no reason other than for them to just be here um but i i mean with with green goblin here i think if there wasn't venom in this movie they could have made it a thematically interesting film about spider-man looking for vengeance against the person who he now thinks killed uncle ben for no reason by the way that whole motivation yeah. was made up for this movie and doesn't really make sense given what we saw in the first film no uncle ben was killed by guy fieri in the first film <laughs> exactly not guy fieri's sidekick um 
and Adam Richman. And they tried to do like a black and white, <laughs> a black and white thing of him and Adam Richman getting together. Yeah. Yeah. And show that he was there in this flashback. It's like he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. It makes zero sense. Um, and so instead, it would be far better if they'd had Sandman in here without that motivation and just had Sandman as Sandman. Um, yeah. You know, he's a he's a, he's a crook. He wants to be a crook. That's fine. You don't need to have that motivation. And then they could have had the emotional resolution of Green Goblin and Spider-Man slash Peter Parker feeling guilty about what happened to Harry um, and then at the end, Harry could do a, a reversal and realise, actually, no, my dad was a, a wrong and uh, I'm going to go help Spider-Man fight Sandman. Because Sin- Sandman as a villain could be threatening enough in his own right in this film, if it was done correctly. Yeah. Um, he's massive. He's a big boy. He's a big, beefy boy. He can turn into a big rock man, like as big as a building when he wants to. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that they could have made that into a genuine threat, but they didn't. Um, and instead... Venom is introduced, and Venom is a good enough character to be worthy of a movie all on his own, as proven by the movie Venom, which works really well. Yeah, which I've not seen, but which looks great. And I, I was reading as well. I didn't. I I had no idea. There's a sequel, Venom: Let There Be Carnage, yes. which was directed by Andy Serkis. Yes, yeah, I've not seen that yet, but I I do want to watch it. Um, but um, but yeah, Venom is a character. I mean. For me, at least, I mean this 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 movie's depiction of Venom maybe isn't as good as it could be because Venom, in his own right, has a really strong character outside of Eddie Brock, and here you don't really get that. It's almost more that it's what they call the symbiote. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, they don't actually even refer to him as Venom at any point. No, it's just it's just the goop, the goopy thing. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, at least, I, did you watch the 90s cartoon of Spider-Man? Yeah, it used to be on in the mornings. Yeah, that that had a whole story arc about Venom in it, which was really good. And in my head, as much as I love the new uh, Venom movie, um, for me, at least, the, the Spider-Man 90s cartoon depiction of Venom is still the definitive depiction of Venom in terms of outside of the comics for me, where it's... Um, it kind of follows the same plotline as this because it all, all goes back to the way that the comics depicted him. But it's um, J. Jonah Jameson's son, the the astronaut man. You might remember him right. from Spider-Man 2. He's coming back from space. And then that's how the alien symbiote gets into the into the country, into the, into the uh, planet. It's not just a random... Sense. It's not just a random... Um, a uh, meteor. Meteor, <laughs> meteorite, yeah, yeah. as it is in this movie. Um, instead, Venom was hench in the cartoon as well, wasn't he? He was a proper beef boy. He was small. And no, no offense to Eddie Brock, but he's not small in this. <laughs> no, he's a little dweeb. And he doesn't become small when he when he becomes Venom either. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. Um, it's um, yeah. So so that's how he gets into the gets onto the planet in the comics, which kind of makes sense, and it kind of brings it all back around. Um, and then uh, the symbiote gets onto Spider-Man as part of that. And then he doesn't realize that it's badness that's going on. Um, and originally, like in this movie, he really enjoys the power that it gives him and the additional strength and speed and everything like that until he starts to realize that it's um, 
it's it's connecting to him in different ways and and kind of taking him over um and then obviously it gets on to eddie brock and then they have some big fights so it's kind of is kind of a similar sort of established thing that they use quite a lot with with venom versus spider-man but it's done in quite a good way um and here i think venom is cool but eddie brock is not no but his performance topher grace uh, his performance is good enough in this film that i forgive him for calling himself topher (laughs) (laughs) um i like i like topher grace a lot i think he's underrated and i know he got a lot of hate for this movie from spider-man fans did he why because people didn't didn't like this movie very much and they blamed him they're like oh he's the guy from that 70s show he's in like three scenes (laughs) yeah um maybe four but, but but he's not like a big player in this film, really, and that's the problem with this film, isn't it? That the, the, there's no one character; it's, it kind of jumps from villain to villain and character to character, doesn't it? And it doesn't really gel. But what his, when he his kind of first couple of scenes where he's doing like the perfect like kiss us on J Jonah Jameson, he is perfect and he absolutely he's, nails that. He's really good as the bastard that Peter Parker could be, and that's that's what's really good is they they pull in that that sort of sensibility where he is this kiss ass he is this really um he's an ambitious guy who's going to do anything to be the absolute asshole that he wants to be um so the way that he's schmoozing with gwen stacy the way that he's he's kissing the ass of j jonah jameson the fact that he's willing to cheat when it comes to getting that permanent job um all really feels like a real piece of work of a character and i think it works in this movie that you've got this kind of anti-peter parker there yeah and to show that peter parker the person has rivals as well as spider-man having crooks who want to beat him up yeah yeah i and and i like that about it i think actually topher grace in this film is is good as that character it maybe was disappointing to people who wanted venom to be a bigger part of it and for for eddie brock to be slightly different but I think for the character that he was here, I thought he was good. And I think it really played into the fact that the Venom elements of this story were the most entertaining parts. Yeah, absolutely. Where you've you've got all of that schmoozy nonsense that is really frustrating in a campy way to watch. Um, And then you've got evil Spider-Man being an amazing character. When Peter Parker has the symbiote and has his little emo hair, um he does some great stuff he takes down a shitty journalist who's bad at being a journalist and he becomes the amazing spider-man he becomes the amazing spider-man he beats the shit out of a billionaire nepotist he kicks eddie brock's camera and breaks it and then says (laughs) see ya chump yeah that's great he has a massive dance he he cucks his photo rival as well Uh, he's a spider cuck spider cuck spider cuck and then there's that amazing scene in the jazz bar where he plays the piano and goes for a massive dance just to rub yeah. it in Mary Jane's face. And it's just so fun. And I know it's campy, and I know people wanted something far more serious out of a Venom story, but this is the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy where they have that silliness and they have that comedy. And that comedy, even though this movie feels a bit more, a bit more serious and a bit more bloated in a way that these kind of cinematic experiences have gotten since, you know, since those first two Spider-Man movies came out. Um, it's still got that that earnest core of silliness to it. 
And I, yeah, I think that's the stuff that... has got major goof factor. Yeah, it's got major goof factor. And I think that's the stuff that really works in this film, is the goofy elements. Yeah, and the, the difficulty is that the goof factor is amped up in this, and so are the kind of the serious parts as well, so mm. that the difference between them actually becomes more apparent. Like the stuff when he's sort of weepily talking to Aunt May about Uncle Ben or whatever, you're just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, when, he, when he's having that sadness, or when Sandman's being like, I wish I could help you, daughter... Um, whilst he's wearing that really stupid-looking striped shirt, which I know the Sandman, I, I know the Sandman character has that shirt in the comics. <laughs> I know he does, but don't it's a nerd shirt. Don't give him that shirt in this movie if you want him to be a serious, a serious. He could have just had a plain silly. t-shirt. It does look silly here, doesn't it? And still been um, really ripped. Yeah, you know, like that's his. That's his thing. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think also it's kind of a inverse of where you'd expect the campiness and the seriousness to be where i mean if you think about venom as a character and venom as a concept it's almost like a body horror concept that you get this symbiote on you from another world which you don't even realize is manipulating you and you're happy to have it and it's impossible to take off and then when it does come off you see that it's this horrifying fanged goop monster like that should be genuinely scary but instead, that's where the comedy lies. And you almost feel like they could have done it the other way around, where you could have had the comedy in the other elements, but then had genuine horror, like you saw in the previous two Spider-Man movies with those horror elements. Um, you could have had genuine horror with Venom instead. But instead, it kind of inverts it, which is a bit of an odd choice. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it could have been better if they'd had some scary stuff with Venom particularly when Venom's on Eddie Brock and he's like a killer, um, where that doesn't really happen. You see a couple of things in fake TV news sections, but that's about it. Venom has quite a scary face as well. He's you know, got, a, he's a got lot, big fangs. It's, it's there for you, isn't it? It's on, a, it's, on a, it's on a plate. His face is terrifying. Yeah, but but instead they, yeah, they kind of don't utilise it as well. And I think that's, you know, they do have those two other villains in this movie, and I think that probably is a part of it. Um, where they could have really made... And it's interesting because the previous two Spider-Man films just had the one villain and Spider-Man. Yeah. And then they went all the way from one villain to three here. And Harry was just kind of there, wasn't he? Yeah, the Green Goblin has two fights with him and then um, and then he's a good guy at the end. But he, it adds literally nothing to the movie. <laughs> the rad to the max snowboarding goblin. Snowboarding goblin, yeah. Why didn't he put um, the mask on? If if you've got that mask and it's talking to you going, Harry, avenge me, be cool, use all my cool technology, why wouldn't you just put the put the mask on and go, yeah, I'm the Green Goblin? If that mask is there in, in my house, I'm going to put it on. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, yeah, who who wouldn't? That mask is cool. Um, but instead he... Does he wear anything? Does he have a little balaclava or something? He has on? this like balaclava thing that he seems to be able to automatically put up and up his head, over his head and like retract it boring boring give us a spooky mask that's got zero goof factor yeah zero goof factor nonsense it feels it feels edgelord doesn't it yeah it's it's the dark and gritty green goblin this ain't your grandma's green goblin (laughs) this is green goblin max look at him he's got a rad snowboard he does sick kick flips and listens to blink 182 (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
He's an unlockable character in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. <laughs> which, did you know that Spider-Man is an unlockable character? Yes. In Sp- Tony Hawk's Pro did, Skater which 2. Which is very cool. Which is awesome. But yeah, it, it feels really... The pacing in this movie is extremely... Off. I, I, I'm going to come out and say I didn't enjoy this movie as much as the previous two. It is the weakest of the three, as people um, thought at the time. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad movie. No, I still really enjoyed watching it. But yeah, it was noticeably not not as good, for sure. Yeah. And I, I wonder how much of that is um, to do with the shift in what's comic book movies were like because by this point we'd had batman begins for instance which is an amazing movie really good film and when was the dark knight that was after this wasn't it the one with heath ledger um the dark knight was yeah the year after this yeah right because that was a big turning point as well wasn't it but but yeah batman begins had already cemented that there is this more serious way to do these movies with more um in a more grandiose way in a more, I don't want to say cerebral way, but with slightly more thought put into them. Yeah. And slightly more atmosphere in that way. A few things that make you forget for a, for a few minutes during the film that Batman is just a fucking dour, miserable bastard. He's <laughs> a miserable bastard wearing a bat suit, punching people. Fucking miserable um, billionaire. <laughs> which I think, to be fair, that's one of the greatest things about the Dark Knight trilogy. I, I really like those movies. Um, and the fact that it makes you forget for a moment that it's about a billionaire beating people up whilst wearing a, a plastic bat helmet <laughs> um, is genuinely one of Christopher Nolan's greatest works. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I think, you know, that did, that did change the face of what comic book movies were going to be. Yeah. And not necessarily for the better, I'd say, because, um, I mean, let's be honest, um, Christopher Nolan can do it. Not everybody can. No. By this point, we'd also had, I guess, the end of the X-Men trilogy, which had ended in a very bad way. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I think I saw the first one of those, maybe. I definitely didn't see the last one. And we'd had the end of the Blade trilogy, which ended in a very bad way. I don't know if you've ever seen Blade Trinity. I've only seen the first one. Not for a long time. The first Blade is still amazing. Blade 2 is good. Um, Blade 2 is a, is, is a good film. Guillermo del Toro directed it. Oh, right. I didn't know that. And it's, and it's got a Guillermo del Toro-y vibe to it. So it, it, it is good, but not for me at least, it's not as good as the first one. But yeah, I think maybe we were starting to see that shift at this point where we'd had all of the big, well, the the other big trilogies of that early era of superhero movies in the like early 2000s were, were coming to the end and were getting all bloated. And right. yeah, it this one maybe did better than the other two. I think it's a better movie than Blade Trinity and a better movie than X-Men 3. But it's still a disappointment if you've watched the other two films, I'd say. And the third third is always a difficult one, isn't yeah. it? In yeah. any kind of trilogy, unless you've already planned out that whole arc, which I imagine they had not. Um, you know, then I think it, it is very, very difficult to get that many films into a thing and, and for it to still be good. So when in that context, I think this is good and did very well. 
Yeah, I mean, they were actually talking about doing a fourth one, of course. Yeah. But but then that eventually shifted into the amazing Spider-Man. Because I would have wanted to see Ben Kingsley as the Vulture. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been that would have been really cool. Um, where um, he was obviously too busy preparing for his iconic role in Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, they were they were thinking about the lizard as well, aka the lizard man who wears a, a lab coat because it's the scientist. Um, do you remember the lizard, the the villain? Not really. Hey. No. So you know, was, that, was he Pe- in the cartoon? Yeah, you know Peter Parker's teacher in 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 these movies, the the professor. Oh yes, that's he. Right. He turns himself into a lizard man by science. That's right. Yeah, and in this one, he's just like Peter Parker gives him a bit of the out and he's like, it's never quite clear what what kind of professor he is. Is he is he a chemist? Is he a biologist? Like, what's his thing? He's just a general science man who teaches has- Peter <laughs> science class. He has a crack at anything. If it's yeah. science related, we like you know what? I'll give it a go. Um, and what then are you apparent- majoring in, Peter? Science. <laughs> science. Um, and then apparently they were also looking at John Malkovich as the Vulture. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Anne Hathaway as Felicia Hardy. Okay. Um, who becomes a character called Black Cat, which is a ripoff of Catwoman. Which she, right. she of course would eventually play Catwoman in the the Batman movies. Yeah. Um, but apparently she wouldn't have become Black Cat in this cancelled Spider-Man 4. She would have become a new character called the Vultureess. Oh no. Which I don't like that. Which uh which yeah might not have been so good. Um so so yeah, I think um that there could have been sequels to it. They clearly left it open-ended enough to come back and do some more Spider-Man movies. Um but um, didn't in the end. Um, and instead we got the amazing Spider-Man. Which I've, I've not seen any of those ones. Yeah, you've not, you've not, um, you've not seen them, have you? I've not seen the second one. I've never one. been amazed. I've seen the first one. I haven't seen the second one because I heard it wasn't very good and thought, eh, I don't have time for this. Um, and then you had, uh, yeah, the, the, the current trilogy with the young boy. The, the, young, the young man. What's he called? The young man. Tom, Tom Hollander. Tom Tom Hollander. Yeah. That's the one. I'd love to see Tom Hollander be Spider-Man. <laughs> you know what's you funny is that if you look at Tom Holland on Wikipedia, the first thing that it says is not to be confused <clears throat> with Tom Hollander. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> They've had very similar um, careers after all. Of course, yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to see Tom Hollander be in Spider-Man. I'd like to see him be in... Um, the what's what's he in the um uh the it's a comic it's a it's a video game movie um Uncharted Uncharted oh yes that's right that looks ridiculous yeah the 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 games are fun they're fine it's basically Indiana Jones has that got Nicolas Cage in it I don't think so. I think it's got... No. Um, it's got someone similar, hasn't it? It's got Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. That, that's right, yeah. Not as good. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't you can't get Nicolas Cage, and you can't get Matt Damon, and you can't get Ethan Hawke, and you can't get Christian Bale, and basically you've gone through everybody, eventually you'll be like, well, I suppose we could give Mark Wahlberg a go. 
I'm sure he's not busy. <laughs> I've not I've not seen the Uncharted movie. The games are fun. They're 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 fun, mindless adventure time. Um, but uh, but yeah, I've not I've not watched the film. Tom Holland did um, the voice in the Pixar film Onward, which I've mentioned before, which is a really really good film and really really underrated. It came out I think it, quite early on in COVID, so I don't think it got a huge audience. But it's him and Chris Pratt. Uh, like kind of elf brothers in this fantasy land and a lot of it is like they're they're on a quest to bring their dead dad back from the dead for a day so they can talk to him but they do the spell wrong so it's like only his legs and they like he's like following them around for a day they're trying to work it out and it's kind of like it's a homage to dungeons and dragons but it's also like a weird fantasy thing and like mocking lots of fantasy tropes while also having this lovely story of brotherly love and it's it's really really good and i love it and tom holland does a great job oh that's cool i've heard really good things about that i keep meaning to watch it yeah um, it's good fun yeah but it's I've, it's I've... not typical pixar i'd say i liked soul did you like soul was soul? really good yeah. yeah i'd like to watch that again actually because i feel like it's got hidden depth yeah i i definitely agree um but yeah, I've, I've I've only watched it the once, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yeah, Tom Holland is in a really good movie called The Devil All the Time, which is like the least Paddy Johnston film ever. That's a silly title. It's it's a really depressing psychological thriller about people who come back from war and then do bad things and get sad in a small town in Ohio. That sounds um, dour and rubbish. <laughs> It is dour and really depressing, uh, but it is extremely good. It's got R. Pats in, it's got Tom Holland in, it's got Bill Skarsgård in, got Sebastian Stan in, it's got really good cast, and it's very interesting. Okay, well, I like um, all of those people. Yeah, it's it, it's it's really good. It's just incredibly depressing. I could probably get through it. <laughs> I think you'd hate it. It's so dark. It's so dark. Um, but yeah, it's it's very good. It's on Netflix. In fact, I think it might even be a Netflix movie. Um, ah, okay. But it's, it's and as is Spider's Men three until October fourteenth. It says so you've got a few more weeks to watch this on Netflix. A, but it's not on it. Disney Plus. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I wonder if Sony has refused to let these films be on Disney Plus for the time being. The first two are though. Are they? Yeah. But then this one's not. Oh, yeah, interesting. So there must be some kind of Sony rights thing. That is intriguing. Um, how did you feel about Mary Jane Watson's characterization in this movie? I thought she was fine, but again, it was you felt like almost almost she had less agency, didn't she? It's, it's yeah, it was, she was a bit more passive. There's a bit more stuff happening to her, like her losing the acting gig and then having to work in a restaurant. When you're like, actually, once you've been on Broadway, even something that high profile. Even if like your fortunes take a turn from the worst, you probably still have your agent. You probably still manage to get another gig. You know, you're not immediately out on your ass. And it's oh that that side of it felt a bit more forced than in the other two. It wasn't bad necessarily, but it wasn't as good. Yeah, it did feel like a bit of a regression from the previous film, didn't it? Um, back to her just being in a struggle, and then um, also then becoming a damsel in distress yeah once again it's mary jane being captured to draw peter parker to go and rescue her at the end and like they really could have done something else with that you got sandman and you got venom like you know you could you could have so much fun with that couldn't you yeah yeah you 100 percent could and also you've got um gwen stacy 
in this movie who yeah. is now going out with Eddie Brock for a while. So surely you could then have Eddie Brock if you if you had to have a damsel in distress, you could have had it as Gwen Stacy instead instead in this movie. Um who again her character kind of was here for no reason. Um didn't really feel like Gwen Stacy, who is an established character from the comics. I don't know if you about know about And Gwen she Stacey. becomes a spider. She point. does, yes. She become well, Gwen Stacy is Peter Parker's first girlfriend in the comics back in the sixties. Right. Um, before Mary Jane Watson. Um Gwen Stacy then gets killed by Green Goblin. And right. it's like one of the first examples of a, uh, 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 an established character in a comic getting killed off. It was very shocking at the time that they did it. Um, and it set off that whole trend of female characters in comics getting murdered. Uh, I mean, the whole woman in refrigerator thing, this was like a precursor to that. Right. And essentially sort of they did it because they realised that Mary Jane Watson was a far more interesting character than Gwen Stacy. <laughs> And they thought we've gone as far as we can with with Gwen Stacy. Let's um, let's let's do this in some interesting new way, and then also then leave the space for Mary Jane Watson to be established as a more important character in the story. So at the time, it was quite shocking and quite surprising and a genuine revelation. Nowadays, of course, it would feel very boring because it's happened time and time and time again since. Um, but then, yeah, they they in a They've done like another, an, another multiverse thing in Spider Spider World, and in one of them, it's what if Gwen Stacy got bitten by the radioactive spider instead of Peter Parker? Yeah, and then becomes Spider Woman in her own right, which I think is cool. Yeah, which is really good, and people love Spider Gwen as she's known. Um, but here, the character is kind, and and Gwen Stacy is the love interest in the Amazing Spider Man movies. Right. Okay. Um, rather than rather than Mary Jane Watson, um, but here she feels a little bit out of place. Um, and I really like Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she's really underrated. Yeah, for sure. Apparently, she did a bunch of stunts in this film, not knowing that she was several months pregnant. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, and. For me, at least, I think it's a shame that she's best known for the Jurassic World movies, which she's far too good for. I've not seen any of those, actually. They're they're not very good, I'm sorry. People like them, but they're far worse than the original films, even the third one. Um, When you think about her, like, performances in, like, Rocket Man, where she's amazing. so good. And um, she's in one of the best uh, Black Mirror uh, episodes which I don't know, I don't know how, how much you watch Black Mirror. I saw the first couple of seasons, but I haven't seen the more recent ones. Yeah, when they started going into more American stuff, um, she's in one of the really, really good episodes of it called uh, Nosedive. Right. Um, which is also one of the episodes which is um, has artistic merit and has a really unique look to it and actually has... A sort of positive end instead of just technology bad yeah here's some dead people which is what most <laughs> most black mirror episodes <laughs> seem to seem to boil down to now um it's it's a real i think it's one of the best um best black mirror episodes um that she's in she really makes it her own in it it's great um so i think you know she's really good but i think she's a bit wasted in this film where you don't really get a sense of her as a character. Not at all. And she's mentioned there. She's used as a major plot point 
and she only appears in like two two scenes. Yeah, this thing yeah. that drives a wedge between Peter and Mary Jane, which just feels completely fake. Yeah, and it's it like does. he, it yeah, feels... he does the upside down kiss with her, and you're like, Peter Parker wouldn't do that. And even though it's because the symbiote is on him, it hasn't yet established that at that point. So you're just like, why would he do that? Yeah, it 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 feels really out of place, even for that moment in the movie where you know you've got Venom in in this film. But it just it does it feels really out of place here. Um, so you know it it's just. It feels like it, it's it's drama and friction being introduced for the sake of it when you've already got so much going on. I realise I have seen this episode of Black Mirror now that I'm looking back over it. Oh yeah, and it's it's just like okay, fine. You've 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 added in someone else who is a, uh, and again maybe it's that kind of. Um, Maybe it's that kind of fan service thing that it's like, oh, let's put let's put Gwen Stacy in this movie. Yeah, it feels like that's the only reason they've done it. They're like, there's some more peripheral Spider-Man characters. Let's chuck them in. That's what people want to cover up yeah. the fact that, yeah, we actually can't really be asked with this film. We haven't got Danny Elfman anymore. You know, it's all going out the window. Yeah. yeah Even though his name all... was on the credits and it was some kind of really long thing like, Music inspired by sort of kind of like the stuff that Danny Elfman did before Danny Elfman. <laughs> like they didn't even name the poor guy who did it. <laughs> they were no, just like I, a bit like Danny Elfman, but he did music that's a bit like Danny Elfman. <laughs> um, Although that that's appearing every five seconds. Yeah, they really like using that, don't they? That was in my head for days. <laughs> They like they like doing it, um, and it appears constantly. And sometimes it works, and other times it's like, okay, yeah. I get what you're doing here. Apparently Danny Elfman didn't get on with Sam Raimi in the second one, and that was why he didn't come back. Oh, right, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, it's not super noticeable, but it's one of those things that I think exemplifies how, yeah, this film just felt like a, a bit more of a kind of tired cash in and that's not to say that it is but that it just has that a little bit compared to the previous two if you hadn't seen the previous two you'd be like hey this is good but the previous two are better yeah yeah that's the thing isn't it is this movie would be would be absolutely fine if it was on its own but it does have to stand with two really really good movies before it and it it it, it does struggle versus them yeah, the dance scene was fun. Weirdly, in my head, um, the dance scene was him and Harry, and I don't know why. <laughs> like, doing a, a sort of, we're, we're friends, we used to be rivals, jazz dance, clicking hands at each other like jets and sharks. I don't know why, that's what it was in my head. <laughs> are you thinking, are you getting the memes from this movie mixed up, maybe? It's all congealing into one, because there's oh, the meme this a meme he's, problem? he's turning around and winking with his, with his pie. Um, that's the other big meme from this movie. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you could tell that Tobey Maguire really enjoyed doing all the goofy stuff, and I think that really carries this film. Yeah, one hundred percent. That that's the most enjoyable stuff in this movie. When he's doing his cocky walk down the street, <laughs> it's that so made good. me laugh out loud. And I I know people hate it, but um, but I love it. I really do. Yeah. I also loved that um, when he was trying to get Venom out of his body 
um, uh, it, that it was in a church with a big bell and then Eddie, Eddie was praying and then he came up and it was a big bell and it was a little like churchy. I love me some church stuff in a film like this. <laughs> it's the first time we've seen churches, isn't it? In yeah. This, in these movies. Spider church. Spider church. There is some stuff in here that's good. I think the scene where Sandman gets turned into sand and then the first scene when he's trying to build himself back out of sand those are so well done yeah and you can kind of feel the passion that sam raimi had for how cool he thought that sandman was was as a character in those two scenes um and it's a shame that there isn't that quality throughout the rest of the movie i suppose no the rest of the time it's it's kind of bogged down in his his criminal thing and the thing that tries to tie him to peter parker and it's like don't really need any of that you know you've given him enough characterization by doing the scene with his him visiting his daughter which was good and then you're like it, it's fine just let him be sandman let him take off that nerd how, shirt <laughs> how many times can he um pick up his daughter's necklace and go my daughter <laughs> <laughs> how, how many times can that happen in this movie i wonder um one thing I did enjoy was the Bruce Campbell cameo. Yes, that was very good. As the French waiter who says, I love it, romance, I am French. I am French. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely good. Um, I also enjoyed when Spider-Man lands in front of an American flag at the end of the movie, which is just beautiful nonsense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, all over that. Um one thing that I did notice was at the end of the movie, did you notice that the TV presenter pronounces Broadway really weird? No. Is this like a Nicholas Cage? He says like, yeah, he's like, Broadway. Broadway. <laughs> I was thinking, is that a thing? Do people pronounce Broadway? Oh, yeah, no, no. Broadway? I don't know if you know this, but if you're really from New York, like real New Yorkers, it's, it, yeah, the emphasis is not on broad, but on way. Broadway. Broadway, yeah. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> It's, it's a bit like I so heard um, a thing about Foo Fighters the other day with Dave Grohl talking on something um, saying that one time Christopher Walken introduced them on Saturday Night Live um, and before the before they went on he said to him oh is the emphasis on Foo or is it on Fighters and as a joke he said to Christopher Walken oh it's on, it's on Fighters actually so Christopher Walken gets up there and goes and now Foo Fighters <laughs> and they're all like <laughs> laughing while they're trying to play the song which is hilarious that is that is beautiful. I think that's the way that Foo Fighters should always be pronounced. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my days. Broadway. That's truly <laughs> Broadway. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spiders. Venom. Men. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, the only thing I've got written down in my notes is Eddie Brock blowing himself up. Lol, what a cut. Yeah. He just jumps um, right into the bomb. <laughs> Which is very strange. You'd have thought they'd maybe keep him alive as a potential recurring character. Yeah, if they were going to make no, a fourth yeah. one and they know that people like Venom, it's like, yeah, why not do that? Which is the interesting thing about these movies is that they kill off the villains in every film apart from Sandman who wanders off. Yeah. Every, everybody else dies, which is very strange. And you, you probably wouldn't see that that often these days with popular villains no um where they'd maybe try and have them as a reoccurring thing like loki for instance in the in the marvel comics where they realize they could get good 
uh, in the Marvel movies where they realize they could get good um, recurring characters out of him. Although I'm sure um, if they really back. wanted to, they could say that Dr. Octopus didn't die when he sank into the river with a giant ball of energy or whatever. <laughs> no, he is fine. He's totally fine. Definitely not destroyed by that giant energy ball. Yeah. That actually kept him alive underwater for centuries and now he's back to wreak some havoc or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens. There was a very funny line <laughs> when, yeah, I think it's the, after he's seen Sam Man for the first time or fought him for the first time, he sits down and he just goes, where do these guys come from? Yes, yeah, no, that's And that's that kind of self-aware goof factor that I think the more serious fans don't like, but I like it. Yeah, and it's also really in keeping with Spider-Man as a character is that kind of silliness. Yeah. that That's what we want. But yeah, is there anything else you, you want to chat about with this film? No, I I think that's covered it. I mean, it's it's good. This is a good trilogy that works and has been really, really fun and enjoyable to revisit it. But, you know, don't watch this one without having watched the other two and you probably won't enjoy it as much as the other two. But you should still watch it if you've watched the other two because it does, you know, round off the trilogy nicely. And I like how it ends, actually, that... He just kind of, you just see him going in to see Mary Jane at the bar and them embracing and you're actually, it's actually a bit more ambiguous and I actually thought that was cool. Yeah, I like, I like that as well. It has a, I mean, it's, it's like, you, you know where it's going, but it, um, it, it, it leaves you in that satisfying place, recognizing where it can lead to, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's slightly disappointing. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's mildly disappointing. Yeah, it's like when you get a pizza um, and the, the there's been some problems at the delivery and they deliver it late and it's all kind of like yeah, it's a little bit just a little bit cold, you know. Still pizza. That's what this movie still is. Still good. It's still pizza. Yeah, this movie isn't as I remember at the time people being very very disappointed in it, and it's not as bad as people make it out to be, but it is still definitely the worst of the three. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think it's fair to say. Um so um yeah, anything else or should we should we get on to, to No, let's uh, let's rate it. Uh how many superfluous flicks with your hover snowboard are you gonna do whilst you're the green <laughs> goblin? The new goblin, as it's as it's calls him on Wikipedia. I don't, I don't know if that's true. If that's what he's actually is. Yeah, see, I'm I have got thirteen out of a possible twenty flicks for the new goblin. Yeah, and I've I've got eleven. I've got eleven. This movie's good, but it's not it's 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 above a Bon Jovi. But I think the sort of structural problems with it and the sort of bloat that it has does bog it down a bit too much. Yeah. It's it doesn't quite get there. But it's it's worth watching. Yeah, yeah. Compared to some enjoyable. of the rubbish that comes out now. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, so we've got one week left, haven't we, before... Um, we have, before Halloween month. Before we get into Spooktober. So what have what have you got in store for me? Oh, is it is it my choice? I thought I it was your choice. I think it's your choice because... Oh. I um I didn't prepare anything because I thought you were choosing something that was going to transition us into Halloween. Oh shit! What, um, what were the choices that I gave you before of actors? Oh, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, let's let me find something quickly. Because um, we probably should transition, shouldn't we? We did that last year. 
Oh yeah, if we not, were going to potentially watch Ghost Rider. Okay, <laughs> that's not romance in. I have no idea, but it does have Nicolas Cage in, and that's um, that's probably enough, isn't it? <laughs> uh, let me hold on. You're probably going to want to cut this out, but let's let in. Let's put in build up to Halloween movies. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I just had to Google Nicolas Cage films and just typed in Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's just coming up with Halloween movies. No, give me a transitional movie. Yeah, we need not Ghost Rider, but something like Ghost, which we did. Yeah, not, not the band. We could do Casper, nineteen ninety-five. Does that have romance in? I'm trying to remember that. I I think I used to really enjoy that. Forty-two non-scary Halloween movies, perfect for getting you in the mood for Halloween. There's a Ghost Rider. I'm lo- I'm looking at it here. It says it does have. Um, he runs into his former sweetheart, now a news reporter. He convinces her to attend a dinner date. There is a date. There's that, a date. I think that counts as romance. <laughs> okay. Alternatively, let's, do it. let's watch Ghost Rider. I was uh, like, what, what? What was your alternative? Well, my alternative was Bewitched from 2005. Oh um, no, that's right. We talked about that, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. No. Let Let's do that. Let's do Should that. Should we do? Okay. Hold on. This is the 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 cut. Oh yeah, I I definitely knew that I was picking a movie this <laughs> this time, and we haven't just spent ages looking for a film to watch. No, and no, the movie... but, but let's add Ghost Rider to Halloween unless you've got it all planned out already. I do have it already planned out, but okay. I'll have a look and see whether Ghost Rider should be taken out for for one of the others. Um, it's because but... I'm I'm enjoying the plot summary I'm reading on Wikipedia. <laughs> the demon Mephistopheles sends his bounty hunter of the damned, the Ghost Rider. To retrieve the contract of San Vangenza for the for the control of a thousand corrupt souls, yeah, <laughs> I like that. It is uh, definitely a um, definitely a Nicolas Cage film. Um, Mephistopheles <laughs> is a goofy demon. I'm done with that. Yes, um, it's also isn't it one of the cats from Cats? No, that's Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> exactly. That's a completely different guy. <laughs> exactly. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mephistopheles. <laughs> um, we're, we're going to be watching the movie that I definitely had planned out, which is Bewitched from 2005. Yeah, yeah. The one that I, I struggled to remember for half the episode when we were talking about a completely different film that I thought yeah. was the same film. Yeah, but 100% definitely had it planned out ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've spent 10 minutes being completely unprofessional <laughs> nah, no one's listening to this for the professionalism are they? No, exactly listening to this for great film chat about spiders men yeah. really really hope you enjoyed revisiting this trilogy with us it's a really good trilogy that doesn't get enough love so we hope you agree yes 100 percent. all right and we'll be back next week to talk about bewitched 2005 um you can find us on twitter at big boys don't pod you can email us big boys don't cry podcast at gmail.com there's a link in our show notes where you can give us money like a virtual tip jar and we will see you next week all righty bye bye bye